0: Now, let's get to Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham made a lot of news, I guess it was about a month ago, with that athletic article that went deep into the Mets' issues from 2023, trying to diagnose what went wrong, besides the obvious, which is that their pitching sucked. Let's go deeper. And one of the things that came out of that athletic story was Tommy Pham being really, really critical of the work ethic of position players in the locker room. Tommy Pham is not one to shy away from a controversy or a comment. So Tommy Pham is open and honest. And right before the World Series started, he met with the hordes of media members, the Joel Shermans of the world, the John Haymans of the world, David Lennon. It's like we sent all our New York beat writers out to the World Series to talk to Tommy Pham, not because we care about Diamondbacks, Rangers, but because we wanted more information about what Tommy said concerning the New York Mets locker room. But here's a little bit of a cliff notes. Some of the things Tommy had to say, and then we will respond, or at least give our opinions on what he had to say. Let's start off with how difficult it was being traded. Tommy, was it tough being traded?
1: Getting traded is tough. Getting traded in this year it was it was harder. It was harder for me because I wasn't expecting to get traded when I signed with the Nets. I didn't expect that situation to occur. Like when I signed at Cincy, Nick was very honest with me. He said, Tommy, we're rebuilding. The deadline, if we have a chance we're gonna we're gonna make some moves. If not, we're gonna go the opposite way. So I was prepared for that. I wasn't prepared this year. So it hurt. And it also hurts when you know you build relationships with guys and and it's just it gets snatched right out of you. So and, and in all honesty, when I got traded here, I mean, I know Longo for playing against him. I always say, what's up? I know Marte, so I always say what's up to him. But everyone else, I didn't have a level of friendship with. So I had to, you know, it's like the first day of school or, or you get, you know, your parents move to another neighborhood and you got to go to a new school. Like, you know, you have to rebuild everything. In the middle of the year it's tough there's a human element to this that people don't understand so it, it was harder for me this year
0: That was actually explained pretty well by tommy you know we, we don't think about that sometimes we just assume everybody who plays major league baseball knows each other and they're buddies and tommy basically said there were two guys i knew everybody else i'm like i don't know these guys that would be very very awkward i would think when you sign with the New York Mets, with that kind of payroll, with that kind of roster, yes, you went in there thinking, there's no way I'm going to be traded. But when you combine two things that happen, number one, they sucked, And number two, Tommy, and he said in an interview, I think, with David Lennon, like I mentioned, he's done a bunch of these interviews over the last few days, he was bothered by the fact he wasn't playing a lot early in the season and felt like the Mets told him he was going to play a lot more than he actually was. Eventually, he got so hot that went away because he ended up playing every single day. Became one of the more consistent players until he was finally traded. But yeah, I could see why that would be a big shock. I think everybody was shocked. I think, I think that this season turning as sour as it did and turning so sour that you knew in July, guys should be traded, was stunning for all of us. Tommy was also asked about this locker room and not speaking up in this locker room, especially considering. Position players, apparently, weren't working that hard. You're a player of stature.
2: You've been around. You mentioned going back to the partners of Wing and uh, wingright, You've mentioned being traded. I think it's four times, so you've been a lot of places. Did you feel like you, you were know, speak up, say, in the Met Clubhouse and say to the people you felt were falling short, it's not
1: like you're a rookie, right? You're a player of stature. Yeah, I mean, every a lot of guys have great amounts of service time in New York you know if, if you don't know how to be a pro with you know four plus years of service time man then you see where this game is headed they I went to the the meetings when we were negotiating with the owners and they said players used to get five and a half years of service time like eight years ago. That was an average service time. Now it's three and a half. So I just look at it like, you know, if you're not being a pro, you're going to be out of the game sooner than later. You know, look, there's a reason why I'm I'm still able to play. I wouldn't say I'm I'm not putting up 17, 18, 19 numbers, but everyone knows I'm I'm a pro's pro. He is a
0: pro's pro. But what does that mean? Like, that that's the thing I wonder about. Does that mean that the Mets were filled with guys who weren't pro's pro's? That there were a lot of guys in this room that don't try hard? That weren't working as hard as they should? I mean, Tommy Pham is a hard worker. And maybe one of the hardest workers in all of baseball. And I'm not saying that everybody in that room will work as hard as him. Because they probably don't. But does that make them guys that, as he was saying,
2: they're going to be out of baseball because they aren't working that hard. Like, well, what do
0: you take out of that?
2: Uh, I, again, yeah, I think it's more about him, and I'm not trying to be making like a selfish thing. Like he, I feel like he's this type of player where uh, he, he puts it on himself and, and knows those expectations, and doesn't have to. Um, everyone else kind of needs to do it for themselves, you know. I, that, that's kind of, that's kind of what I got. And actually, to be honest, there's a clip that's kind of attached to that where he's addressing more about the locker room and what his comments were with earlier on. So I think this kind of goes hand in hand. Too. All right, let's
0: hear that. You mentioned your respect that you had for Puck and leveling with you about some of those lineup decisions. You raised a lot of eyebrows back in New York when you talked about you thought the team as a whole maybe didn't work to your standards or work
1: hard enough. Why do you – the position players, I said. Yeah, yeah. What was, what, was
0: the, what was the context, really? Because it, it was just kind of that sentence that was kind of taken out of your statement. Was it just that? Was it just that simple that you just felt that the guys just maybe didn't have the grind, or they weren't?
1: So, I do feel like there's a level, a certain level of of requirements every day. I understand, and I do know I work harder than most, so I'm, I'm not comparing anyone to me. I'm comparing everyone to what I believe is the level of expectations. And, and that's what I mean by it. Yes, I do feel like there's a level of expectations um, and, and preparation and work ethic going into the game. And I was very honest. I just didn't feel like it was being met as a whole. I didn't I didn't call anyone out. I didn't, I didn't know, but I'm sure if if anyone disagrees with me over there, then man, you got to take a long look in the mirror and and be honest, be a very honest self evaluator.
0: You know what's funny though? I want him to call people out. (laughs) He didn't call anybody individually out, but. I think we as Met fans, as we look towards 2024, we want to know. It's like, who's lazy? Who's not working hard? Now, in those comments to The Athletic that he had made previously that started this whole thing, he did point out that Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor and Brandon Nemo worked very, very hard, which makes us all do this process of elimination game. All right, well, who's lazy? And then it leads to this question, and this is really – I think the important one for us as fans, even though ultimately it's up to David Stearns, not us, but we all have opinions. Should that lead to the Mets taking those guys that aren't working as hard and getting rid of them? I mean, if you're David Stearns, if you're Steve Cohen, because it does sound like Steve Cohen had a good relationship with Tommy Pham. David Stearns can't talk to Tommy Pham anymore. I guess Steve Cohen really can't either. It's tampering. But almost as like an exit interview to find out, and maybe they already have, Like, what the hell do you mean? Because that will benefit us in trying to build this team next year. Not that Tommy Pham's comments needs to be the gospel. I do believe it's his opinion, and he has certainly has every right to that opinion. Doesn't mean that Cohen and Stearns has to take everything he said and run with it. But that's what I take away, Pete. I take away, all right. So there were guys in that room, position players, he made that very, very clear, position players, who were not working hard enough in his mind and this is a guy in Tommy who has been in a lot of locker rooms been in a lot of teams played with a lot of players he's now a national league champion competing in the world series so he does have some credibility here and it makes me wonder and i'm sure you wonder all right who's the problem and then what are we supposed to do about
2: it well you, you said something and i honest honest question man. maybe it's just the dumbest thing in the world but Former employee of the Mets. He's going to be a free agent. You're telling me they can't have a conversation with him at all? David Stearns can't call him up and say, hey, well, listen, you're a former employee. when well, you're off the team. You're no longer in contract. Just want to have some sort of conversation with you. Maybe, we're, maybe we think about having you come back too. Maybe, but But maybe also we want to fix things. Well, we by the, the, the way, it's fit this you. team.
0: I mean, oh my <laughs> God, could yes. use him again. Seriously. And, and
2: it's not crazy
0: to trade a guy away and then sign him. I mean, I think that was our plan with David Robertson out of the bullpen. We've seen that before. Yeah, no, no, once he's a free agent, yeah, then it's not tampering. I kind of meant now. I mean, because he's on the Arizona Diamondbacks in the World <laughs> right. Series. But, yeah, once he's available again, he certainly makes sense to come back into that room. But also, yeah, like it doesn't mean what he says should lead to crazy trades. You know, if he said, because one of the names he leaves out in at least the Athletic article of putting over was Jeff McNeil, and that's a prominent Met who he didn't say a word about. Doesn't mean he's lazy. Doesn't mean anything. But even if Tommy Pham said, yeah, I don't think Jeff McNeil works that hard. Does that necessarily mean they have to trade him? No. But you want to know. You want to know as much about this mess you inherited of your David Stearns as humanly possible. He also said, and I want you to play this clip because I find it fascinating. It also had me debating it, that he believes the Mets are more talented, were more talented than the reigning National League champion, Arizona Diamondbacks. and Let's so hear Tommy Pham explain that one.
1: That team is talented. That team is more talented than this team. Yes. Okay. Let's be honest here. But what makes this team different is... Everyone is still at this level, trying to reach their max potential, you know. And my max potential now might be, you know, uh, the every, uh, average everyday player. You know, I, I'm still trying to play like 17, 18, 19. That's what keeps driving me. I'm trying to prove I still got that in me. And there might be a time where I show it consistently for a month or two. Like, there's time for I show, like, all right, I don't belong in the big leagues, but that's what keeps driving me. You know, the drive wasn't there, hmm. and that drive is, is here. And that's what separates this team from, from most teams. You know, you have guys that are still trying to
2: get better every day, you have
1: teammates trying to help guys get better. And that's
0: dangerous <laughs> you know what's so frustrating. the Arizona Diamondbacks just being in the World Series is frustrating, and it's not about the franchise it's not about the fans it's not nothing about that you know obviously we were rooting for the Diamondbacks to beat the Philadelphia Phillies, you know the Diamondbacks are a they're a non offensive team, but what I mean by them being frustrating is Tommy isn't wrong, like you look at the talent and i'm talking. One through 26, you look at the pitching, you look at the position players, you look at the entire roster, and then you look at the performance. Look at what they put up this season. The Diamondbacks are not a great team. They had a below-average team ERA this year. The Mets had a better team ERA than the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let that sink in for a second. The Mets, whose pitching was their biggest issue. The Mets pitched better over 162 games than the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they've got good, young, talented players. Don't get me wrong. We all know how good Corbin Carroll is. You can tell Marte's been a hell of a player for a bunch of years. But you look at them, and Tommy's right. They're not that good. Now, there is something that he's leaving out, which is they got hot at the right time. They, they, they won 84 games. They barely made the playoff. They won two more games than the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres, who we all know how talented they are, but had major issues in their locker room. At least that's been reported that they have. They just made a managerial change. The Diamondbacks won two more games than the San Diego Padres. They only won nine more games than the Mets, and the Mets sold all their guys off. But the Diamondbacks made the playoffs And I don't know if it's just strictly, as Tommy says, the drive of the team. It could also just be the luckiness of the team. They started playing great baseball at the right time. All of a sudden, they're winning two games against the Brewers. They're winning three straight against the Dodgers. And they're shockingly winning a game six and seven in Philadelphia. I believe them that there's a drive there. I believe them that you got a young, hungry, underdog team that, you know, playing their asses off. No question about it. But there's also that element of frustration that this is just an 84-win team that finished 16 games behind the Dodgers, only two games ahead of the Padres, only three games ahead of the Giants. Both those teams changed their manager. Think about that. Over the course of 162 games, they were separated by two games from the San Diego Padres. They were only a game better than the Chicago Cubs, who didn't make the playoffs. They had the same record as the Miami Marlins, who were like an afterthought this season. But they got hot. They got hot at the right time.